Good morning. Mark here from Climactic. We're continuing this week's special coverage of Extinction Rebellion's International Rebellion. We've got at least one more special episode planned, and that's all about how people have reacted to the strikes. And we'd love to expand this story as far and wide as we can. So we're putting the call out. If you're attending the International Rebellion anywhere in the world, or you know anyone that is, please let them know, as we'd love to hear from Europe, North America, South America, Africa, Asia, everywhere. Because that's one vital piece of information that's being left out of so much media coverage that we've seen. These protests in capital cities around the world are being treated like they're isolated events. But they're not. This is a global movement. Extinction Rebellion in barely over a year have created a global movement. And the remarkable efforts of rebels around the world are to be commended and properly noted. Here in Australia, there's been some critique of why is this happening now, just a week after the end of school holidays. But it's not about that. It's about acting in unison as a human species, across national borders at a time of growing nationalism, across urban and rural divides. This is a rebellion for all of those alive and those yet to live. This is a rebellion for life. Content warning for today's episode. We'll be discussing arrests and bail conditions. And if this has the potential of provoking strong emotions within you, please be aware. Take care of yourself. And if you're in doubt about how it'll affect you, please err on the side of caution and catch our previous special or Saturdays. Thank you. Recognize we're on the stolen land of a Yuggera and Turrbal people, Juggera and Urgable. Sovereignty was never ceded. The state is illegitimate. We stand with sovereign law. We're all going to die if you don't do your job and hold the people in power accountable. There's no time left. You can't drink a career. You cannot eat money. You can see how hot it is. We are already locked in for two degrees of warming, and if you do not understand what that is, it means that it is only going to get hotter for the next 30 years if we don't stop all the competition. It is the most important thing we can do. There is nothing else more important. viewers, Violet here calling from Melbourne West Police Station where we're sitting out here waiting for our arrestees to be released from the station. We're getting reports as from arrestees as they're scatteredly released that they are given bail conditions of not being able to rejoin protests otherwise they will receive six months jail prior to seeing a magistrate. Uh, they are also saying that they will not give let people call their friends and family if they are associated with XR this is completely unacceptable. These people are protecting us from climate chaos. They have put themselves on the line to draw attention to the climate and ecological emergency, which Melbourne City Council have declared, and yet they are being treated like criminals. People who do much, much more violent offences have received much less severe consequences for their actions. Uh, hello, so my name is Jason Geller. AKA uh, Blinders Poetry. 
I am a slam poet and I'm gonna share a piece with you guys. Stolen resources on stolen lands and the clock running out through these hourglass sands. Australia resting on its laurels as Adani set to pollute the waters and dilute our morals. Trample Aboriginal rights and whitewash the country as it whitewashes our corals. Always at the mercy of those who lead us. A group of egregious elitists whose main goal is to enrich themselves as they impede us. Because politically these days, it's finally coming to light. That having a seat at the table means not standing up for what's right. Thank you so much. On Monday, the 7th of October, Scott Ludlam, a former Green senator, was arrested on the streets of Sydney. He was one of 38 people arrested there that day as they blocked a road in order to raise awareness of the climate crisis. It's not enough that Mr. Ludlam was arrested along with a score of other protesters in Sydney, Melbourne, over 500 now in London. But there's the worrying fact that the ex-politician described his bail conditions as wild. He was banned from taking part in any further Extinction Rebellion events and told he can't be within a 2.5 kilometer radius of Sydney Town Hall, effectively locking him out of the central business district of Sydney. I strongly disagree with the prohibition on entering a public event, but the two and a half kilometers just seem remarkable to me, Mr. Ludlam told the Australian AP. He said, The case we're going to put to the court is that we are like the smoke alarm in a burning building. Shutting down the demonstrations, arresting people, trying to destroy the ability of people to organize, is the equivalent of turning off the smoke alarm in your house. Past guest and friend of the show, Michelle, was also among those arrested in Sydney on Monday. She said she was put in a wrist lock and spoken to quite aggressively by officers. She said she was shocked by how protesters were treated. But she said, I'm willing to put my liberty on the line for this. This is the biggest issue of our time. And she said to police, I just want to remind them that we are peaceful and we're doing this for our future, for their children's future. Now, a lot of you might feel stirred up by that and want to take action yourself, but you might have some questions about what are our rights in Australia and what's the right way to go about protesting at the risk of arrest. Well, luckily, we've got some advice from Anthony Cal, Director of Melbourne Activist Legal Support, a pro bono organization set up to monitor police in Victoria to ensure that activists' rights are respected and that police are acting in the correct way. Here's Anthony with some great advice on the police, arrest, and your rights. Okay, just by way of introduction, Melbourne Activist Legal Support has been fielding independent, trained, all-volunteer legal observer teams at Extinction Rebellion protests now for the past little while, through the Spring Rebellion and earlier. And our role is to monitor and observe the actions of Victoria Police in relation to the protests and citizens. We're not here to watch activists, we're here to watch the police. We also report upon the police and particularly we're looking out for any infringements of people's civil and political rights. Our role overall is to seek to maintain and expand the political space 
which these movements and protests have to operate. So any sort of limiting or clamping down or infringements of people's basic human rights and civil and political rights to protests, we're very concerned about and we'll um, kick up as much fuss as possible, put out statements on concern, we'll put out reports, we'll do media work, we'll speak directly to police about our concerns. Yeah, our mandate basically comes from the international and statewide uh, human rights frameworks that we've got available to us. We uh, often refer back to the Victoria Police Manual, uh, to the use of force guidelines, to the Victorian Charter for Human Rights and to the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights. So we're often in pink vests at these sort of protests, uh, standing often between police and protesters uh, at a particular vantage point. Uh, we're not part of the protest, but we're looking directly at what the police are doing in relation to the protest. You, Anthony, that's great. I'm really happy that Mel's exists. So let's say a protester is ready to get arrested, but they want to go about it the right way. What do you recommend they do? What's the process? So the arrests that we've seen so far have been what we could basically call very classic standard civil disobedience arrests. Uh, Victoria Police, after much liaison through Extinction, by Extinction Rebellion, you know, legal support people and uh, police liaison people, have agreed to, at the very least, provide uh, warnings to those protesters uh, on the roads and, and um, that they perceive as obstructing. So what's been happening generally in, in Melbourne during the Spring Rebellion is that um, activists have been deciding to remain on the roads. Police have been giving a warning to move from the road or else they'd be arrested. Uh, some have been moving if they're not prepared to be arrest and, arrested and those that are prepared to be arrested have been remained on the road. They've Generally they've been sitting down but not exclusively. Police have often given another warning to leave the road or they'll be arrested and then uh, an arrest has taken place and that arrest has generally been quite standard. The um, police have said that you, we're now arresting you for obstruction or arresting you for uh, obstructing an emergency worker and then they've placed the hand on the, uh, on the activist and said you're under arrest. And the activist then has had a number of choices. They can stand up and go with the police officer uh, or they can go limp. And um, that sort of passive resistance or going limp is a form of non-cooperation with the arrest. It's uh, very much... Um, you know, part of the playbook of civil disobedience has been around since the civil rights movement, that idea of not cooperating with your own arrest and you don't have to. And so then uh, generally police in arrest teams, four or five or six, have been picking up that activist and carrying them to a, a place outside the action site where essentially they're processed. And that processing includes taking their name and address, it can be taking a photograph, um, and it can be either releasing the person then on a summons, uh, with a summons, or it can, be uh, it can be taking that person into custody where they're interviewed and held in custody for a while and also given bail. Yeah, we've been hearing a lot about bail and these kind of onerous conditions have been put on some arrestees' releases in their bail conditions. What can you tell us about that, Anthony? So bail is something that we've all got a right to. Essentially, it's a way of uh, police guaranteeing that you're going to turn up to your court uh, date, which could be in several months' time. That's its primary purpose. Now, quite often in um, protest scenarios, police will attempt to place conditions upon um, people's bail. 
uh, including not to return to a particular area or not engage in particular activities or not see certain people, uh, associate with certain people, and those conditions very often are actually a misuse of the Bail Act. And the basic premise of that is that you, police cannot use bail conditions as a form of crowd control. This is a question that was taken to the Supreme Court in Victoria uh, over a decade ago by activists from the East Gippsland Forest Campaign who spent 10 days in prison uh, refusing to sign their bail conditions in order to take it to the Supreme Court and get, get a particular judgment. Uh, it was John Flynn and Stuart Patton who were the lead applicants in that case. And they basically refused those conditions not to return to a particular forest coop and the, magist the judge in that case in the Supreme Court said yes, it's uh, not appropriate for police to basically put an injunction on activists from protesting particularly around a summary offence. And so this is what we've seen with these Extinction Rebellion protests just recently is in New South Wales, in Queensland and in Victoria, police have been attempting to put bail conditions on. Now, many people have signed these because it just means you get out of custody and that's often uppermost on people's minds. But, of course, in New South Wales and in other places, people, and also a little bit in Victoria, people have refused to sign those bail conditions, which is their right, and then, then police have to bring them before a magistrate or a bail judge as soon as possible and then the uh, activist or their rep legal representative can challenge the bail conditions and have them dropped. So it's really important, it's another form of solidarity and resistance to uh, challenge these onerous uh, bail conditions and it's something that hopefully we'll see more of in order for, to um, prevent them being used in this particular way to, uh, as a form of crowd control. Excellent. Well that's all really good to hear Anthony. I shared the disclaimer here of course that this is not legal advice. And you listening, please don't take it as such. But of course, Anthony, you do have a great perspective and context on this. And do you have any good advice for protesters going into a situation where arrest is a possibility? Okay, so the three primary things that um, I would suggest that activists know before they put themselves in an arrestable situation is really... Uh, the first thing is about staying calm because arrest situations and when police apply any sort of power or um, or the law over a, over them as, as citizens, it can be incredibly stressful, incredibly frightening, incredibly disturbing. So remaining calm under that situation is really important and it's very difficult to do that because you get angry, you get frustrated, your feelings of injustice um, come up automatically. But remaining calm and thinking through the options is really important. And that's because any sort of reactions can be used against you and can open you up to other charges. So in these sort of protest scenarios, remaining calm under pressure when police are applying power is really important. The second thing is um, understanding and knowing that you have rights. And that's something that also is really important. The police don't have ultimate power over you. They're constrained by a whole range of laws and regulations that have been fought for by activists in decades and centuries past and that constrain their ability to have total power over you. Now police do use uh, violence, they use excessive force, they have a um, very low level of accountability so all those things make police very dangerous when you put yourself in a protest scenario but there are very clear rights that you have and there are very clear constraints upon police to prevent them abusing those powers. The third thing that I think is necessary and it's hammered home by just about every sort of legal briefing and legal information workshop is that you don't have to say anything to police 
beyond your name and address. This is the right not to self-incriminate. Anything you say to the police, as we know, will be and can be used against you in court against you. So police are wanting to establish that you were there. They want to establish that you knew what you were doing was illegal or something like that. And unfortunately, at that point, Anthony had to go. (laughs) The life of being a dad. But if you're in Melbourne, you're protesting, and you see a pink-vested observer and they're from Melbourne Activist Legal Support, you're in good hands. And ask them advice, if you need to. They're a great resource, and we're so lucky to have them. Which is why I'm happy to say that right now you can support them. They currently have an active crowdfunding campaign going. And now is the perfect time to understand why they're so important. So if you're listening to this and you're attending the protests, and you're not able to donate yourself, please consider telling a friend or family member to make a donation on your behalf. Thank you so much for your time, Anthony, and your generosity in sharing your expertise with us. And we look forward to collaborating more with Melbourne Activist Legal Support. And while we're on that topic, they recently released an open letter explaining their critique of the charges Victorian police are bringing against Extinction Rebellion protesters. I'll now read you some of that letter, but you can find a link to the whole thing and their crowdfunding campaign in the show notes. Disruption to others does not justify limiting the right to peaceful assembly. 6th of October, 2019. Written by the Melbourne Activist Legal Support Team. Melbourne Activist Legal Support acknowledges the response to our recent statement of concern by Victoria Police Assistant Commissioner Luke Cornelius. In reply, and in light of protest events planned in Melbourne for the month of October, We take this opportunity to remind Victoria Police Senior Command and all operational commanders assigned to public order policing duties over the coming weeks of the following. There is no basis for claiming that a protest that is deliberately disruptive to the activities of others falls outside the protection of rights to freedom of assembly. The right to peaceful assembly, freedom of association, and the right to political expression have far greater legal protections and recognition both within Victorian legislation and in international law, than the Melbourne Flower Show, the Grand Final Day Parade, Mumba and White Night, and many other similar public events regularly held in Melbourne CBD. Events such as the Melbourne Flower Show, the Grand Final Day Parade, Mumba and White Night all cause significant disruption to public access to roads, public parks, through traffic, trams, and vehicle access. Policing these events includes facilitating the shutting down of significant parts of the city over significant periods of time. Disruption to others is not, nor can it be used as an excuse, rationale, or justification for limiting or preventing civil society groups from enacting the right to peaceful assembly and the right to freedom of political expression at public events. International human rights jurisprudence clearly recognizes that peaceful assembly, by its very nature, is disruptive, and can inconvenience and be perceived as a nuisance by some people, but that rights worth having are unruly things. Furthermore, the actions of some, or a minority of people involved in an event, do not remove the rights of peaceful assembly for others collectively. Individual actions that are unlawful, committed in the course of a demonstration, cannot be used to justify the removal or limitation of the collective rights to peaceful assembly and expression. The rights to peaceful assembly, association, and expression 
are explicitly recognized and protected within Victorian legislation and international human rights law, precisely due to their importance to the establishment and maintenance of a free, equal, and democratic society. In essence, the bar to determine whether disruption becomes a threat to public order or safety or morality needs to be set quite high, particularly in light of the extent of disruption caused regularly by other public events such as community festivals, parades, commercial events, and roadworks, which are not protected in legislation. Any policing of civil society actions or events that limits these charter rights must be lawful, necessary, reasonable, and proportionate, and in compliance with the Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities Act 2006. Melbourne Activist Legal Support will be fielding teams of trained, independent legal observers in the CBD at protest events during October to record, monitor, and report upon actions of Victoria Police members according to their responsibilities under the Charter, the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights, the Victoria Police Manual, use of force guidelines, and other human rights considerations and jurisprudence. Our thanks again to Anthony and Melbourne Activist Legal Support. Hi, my name's Holly Champion. I'm a member of Extinction Rebellion Sydney. I've been a member of XR since February this year, and I found the movement to be really wonderfully inclusive and inspirational. And what I like best about it is it encourages regenerative culture principles so that we're able to continue in this fight week after week, month after month, keep getting out there, keep protesting, keep making our voices heard, because basically what we're doing is we're fighting not only for our own lives and our own futures, but for the lives and futures of our children, grandchildren, friends and family. So this is the most important fight of our lives as I see it. Because of that, I was one of the voluntary arrestees on Monday, the 7th of October, in our first arrestable action for XR Sydney. And that was Take Back the Streets action. We occupied George Street and Broadway near Railway Square. Basically what happened was that I was lying in the road with a bunch of others. There were lots of people singing, clapping, cheering us on as people were being dragged away by the police. There was a huge police presence, including a lot of riot police, police on horseback, and police rescue officers um, who were cutting out the activists who were locked on inside a water tank in the middle of the road. I wasn't in the water tank, I was just sitting on the road, lying on the road. I was a little bit concerned because I knew that if I went limp when they arrested me that there was a potential that I, in addition to the usual charge of not complying with police direction regarding road closure, that I'd get the additional charge of resisting arrest. I didn't want this, so when the constable warned me that I was just about to be arrested if I didn't move, I asked him whether I would be also charged with resisting arrest, and he said yes, unless you come quietly. So I got up ready to come quietly with him, and he just pushed me back into the crowd and ignored me. So I thought, hang on, this isn't what I wanted today, I wanted to be arrested, I wanted to stand up for what I believe in and make that sacrifice. So I got back onto the road, pushed my way out of the crowd, and found another constable who was a riot cop. And I said, excuse me, I'd like to be arrested, please. And he kind of sighed. He obviously really didn't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> he asked me if I was uh, aware of the seriousness of being arrested. And I said I was, and I felt that we have no other choice at this point in history. So he very gently took me by the arm and took me away to the paddy wagon. And I was held for a little over eight hours, which is above the six hours that is usually 
uh, legally mandated, but they had a lot of processing to do because there were, I think, 28 people being held at uh, that station in Surrey Hills. It was an interesting experience being in the cell with my mates from Extinction Rebellion and seeing other, other mates of mine across the way in other cells. It was a little bit intimidating, but not too bad. Uh, the police didn't feed us, but they did give us access to fresh water and facilities. The biggest problem for me personally, as I wasn't hurt by the police, um, although some were when they were being arrested, was the bail conditions. These have been excessively restrictive, and basically I see them as an infringement on our democratic right to protest. My bail conditions include not to go within 500 metres of Sydney Town Hall. A lot of the activists were imposed with the condition that they weren't to go within 2.5 kilometres of Sydney Town Hall, which is a pretty huge radius and encompasses most of the CBD. There were exemptions for people who had to go to work, but you had to prove that you were going to work. I also had the condition to be of good behaviour, which is what I would have expected, but also not to attend Extinction Rebellion protests which is not so great for our movement. They're obviously trying to squash it at this point. Then came the clincher. Not to go near or contact or try to go near or contact any members of Extinction Rebellion. This really is an infringement on our rights and freedoms as protesters. It also completely stymies my social life. I can't talk to my mother right now because she's a brand new member of Extinction Rebellion. How, how are they supposed to police this? How are they going to maintain the kind of level of surveillance required to see whether we're texting people or calling people or bumping into people in the street? How do we know who is a member of Extinction Rebellion and who is not? This basically means that to comply with this bail request, which is for nearly a month until my court date, I have to be a complete hermit. You know, maybe I can't even do my work. Maybe some of my students, I'm a piano teacher, maybe some of my students are members of Extinction Rebellion now. It's completely absurd. They're obviously just trying to squash our movement with any means available to them. But uh, some of the co-arrestees um, have already had their bail conditions revoked by magistrates. One very brave girl um, stayed in the jail overnight in order to see the magistrate the very next morning, had hers completely revoked. So right now what I'm going to do, it's Wednesday afternoon, I'm going to head off to the local court and make an application to have mine reviewed. Wish me luck, because hopefully if they'll get revoked and I'll be able to be back at the protest at Coogee on Saturday, where I'm planning to give my very first public speech as a member of Extinction Rebellion. How old are you actually? 20. I'm 17, so I'm still at school. Oh, cool. So you're skipping school? Or... Yeah, I'm skipping school today because I think this is more important and it's hard for me to think about my future, what I'm going to do if this is resolved. Yeah, if there is one. So that's why you come here, to fight for your future? Yeah, pretty much. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I've got another 60 years, hopefully, on this planet, so I'd like it to be livable. <laughs> I can say, are you participating the entire week or just today? I have school on, so I participated on Monday and today and that's yeah. Uh, for me, today's the first day I've got university, so... One more question, maybe. Do you have, like, any advice for other people out there in other countries, everywhere in the world? Like, how, what should they do to act for the climate? That's a good question. Um, I would say, uh, similar to this, uh, 
take on anything that you feel comfortable doing. That can be small things. That can be changing your bank to an ethical bank. That can be... Um, it can be just choosing something in lunch for your lunch that doesn't come in plastic, or it can be taking bigger action. But everyone makes a difference, and every small action is important. So yeah, cool. I totally agree. And it's been proven that non-violent direct action is the most effective. So mm-hmm. yeah, get into okay. it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for your no contribution. <laughs> So my name is Jason Geller, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Blinders Poetry. I am a slam poet, and I'm going to share a piece with you guys today. Uh, I call this piece uh, A Seat in the Stands. I can't stand it. How it feels like there's no reprieve granted as good people are left stranded. And the ones with the courage to speak become branded by a media that reprimands them for being candy. It's like everywhere you turn, there's a lack of basic humanity. What happened to a baseline of sanity? Offending the man in me as I listen to politics these days, it's worse than any fucking profanity. When a nonprofit for international amnesty condemns the conditions on Manus Island as tantamount to torture, while our governments, under the guise of maintaining our law and order, neglect people in need and reinforce their borders. It's costing $400,000 to detain a single asylum seeker overseas per year. But we won't grant them shelter because we're too preoccupied appeasing our fears. When it would cost half as much, and if you just look at the facts, everything becomes clear. Because no refugee arriving by boat has ever been involved in terrorism here. A complete lack of common sense. An increased prevalence of people spewing their hate speech, nationalism, and ignorance. Unwilling to give those different from ourselves an honest chance. And open our minds so we can finally move forwards on this stance. Stolen resources on stolen lands and the clock running out through these hourglass sands. Australia resting on its laurels as Adani set to pollute the waters and dilute our morals trample aboriginal rights and whitewash the country as it whitewashes our corals. Always at the mercy of those who lead us. A group of egregious elitists whose main goal is to enrich themselves as they impede us. Because politically these days, it's finally coming to light that having a seat at the table means not standing up for what's right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to share. Awesome. So whether you're attending the International Rebellion protests with Extinction Rebellion or some future protest, I hope what we've been able to share here today has been helpful. And whether you're on the bridges of Brisbane or in the streets of Wellington, Are you alright, bro? And you let yourself be peacefully arrested for what you believe in, 
We hope you hear this from your friends. We love you! And that they're waiting for you at the station with a warm beverage. And if you're not in that situation yet, know that there are dozens, hundreds, who are. And you can send them your love and support right now and help protect their rights by making a small donation to Melbourne Activist Legal Support or a similar organization in your area. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have at least one more episode for you this week, wrapping up the first week of the International Rebellion. If you've got any stories on how it's affected you, how you've responded to the protests, or how you've seen others respond, please just send them in to hello at climactic.fm or on Facebook to Climactic Show. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective. Collective.